Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. that hood. It would be unfair at this time to show you any more of what went on in that laboratory where a man actually dared to play God. So fantastic words can't begin to describe it. You must see it with your own eyes to believe it when the fly comes your way. Charge can only be murdered. There were no mistresses. I had no lovers. Why did you kill him? God, don't let it get out. Inspector, Inspector, it's in the garden. Come quickly. As God is my witness, I saw the thing. It's unbelievable. I shall never forget that scream as long as I live. The fly is on its way. Watch out for it. It's far beyond anything your mind could ever conceive. Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy Cinema Podcast. I'm your host Jimbo and I'm joined again by my two co-hosts. Terrence. And Kyle. Kyle. Um, today will be episode number 54, where we'll be discussing a very good movie. Surprisingly, I was really shocked. Um, this is my first time seeing it. Um, I don't know about Terrence and uh, Kyle, but... First time seeing this version. This version. I mean, I've seen the Jeff Goldblum version, but this version was amazing. And yeah. it is, of course, The Fly. Um, so before we dive into it, I'm going to throw the gentleman a question. Um Start with Kyle. Yeah, so, so, so it takes, it takes, it takes Terrence's <laughs> mind a lot longer to process information. <laughs> and I talk about it instead of him just good. going, uh, uh, <laughs> what was the question? Yeah, hey, a lot uh, of Schindler's like, List. <laughs> a lot of them are favorites. And Who are you are people? And where is my horse? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so the question is this, Kyle. We'll start with you. Mm-hmm. If you were, um basically faced with a predicament like this movie if you got transformed into something else an insect wise what would you be <laughs> i love when these questions are like not pre pre-recorded during like not, not pre pre-planned during like right, that right. you know we just you know, you know now you know how terrence feels all the time exactly <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> 
in general, like I would hope for like a beetle. You know, they're armored; they can survive. A sting anything. beetle, <laughs> yeah, a sting beetle, or something like that. Have a giant horn in my head; it'd be cool. I think that'd be cool. Or, or a ladybug, like you know, what was it? Bugs <laughs> Life, <laughs> Bug yeah. yeah. You remember that? Bugs Life, classic. That'd be so good. Oh, that would that anything with a nice chitin shell. I, I might have to, <laughs> Terrence, mm-hmm. mm. uh, put me in the uh, compressor, please. <laughs> <laughs> what insects you would be not, not if you would kill yourself we all know the answer to that <laughs> so how would you react it's how would you react be the compressor um, and I'd probably be in, it'd probably be something I don't like at all because I would like to be like oh praying mantises are that's cool that's why I said like, the praying mantises sort of like are pretty cool but like my luck would be like a Freaking spider, and I hate spiders. <laughs> or it'd be like something I just just absolutely. It'd be a test. flea, like, <laughs> like like a like a centipede. <laughs> just so the all the legs, all the legs. legs. Just so the audience can picture Terrence as a tarantula head, you know, with, uh, with just his head with like eight legs sticking out of his head, uh, yeah. the furry head, like the, the old uh, head detective uh, yeah. from uh, in Living Color. Put me in the compressor, please. <laughs> Yeah. But you wouldn't uh, have rum and milk every night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can already yeah, do that. Yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd probably go with the praying mess. I just think that would be cool. So um, as you can tell, we've we've already Wait started gelling as the three man group, uh, and and it's just it just gets better and better. So we're glad to have Kyle on board now. So glad to be here, Terrence. <laughs> let's take it away. The Fly. Yes, almost forgot I had to do this. The Fly <laughs> release date. Movies they have. Yeah. The 19- <laughs> We're doing a podcast, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it's about time you showed up, Terrence. <laughs> the budget, uh, it was around 400000 So if you account for inflation, that's $3.6 million. Pretty low-budget movie. Uh, yeah, but that's kind of restrained. Like, there's only a few different like sets or something like that, like at the house. Yeah, and the factory. so there's a laboratory. Limited. Laboratory, yeah. There's so a limited it's... amount of sets. Um, there's only a handful of actors. You know, there's only a handful of people that you're using for talent. Um, on top of, uh, there's only a, a couple scenes that are using some of the practical effects. Other than that, you know, they bravo on them getting away with not spending that much. Uh, mm-hmm. Box office, uh, they made $3 million. So... Should trade it back. Like this movie did well, um, Very good. and if you account for inflation, that's uh, twenty-seven point three million today. And if we're looking at the box office, um, once again, couldn't didn't see it on the top. But uh, the top four for the box office in nineteen fifty-eight, we see at number one, South Pacific. At number two, Anti Mame. Uh, number three. Cat on the Hot Tin Roof, and number four, No Time for Sergeants. Uh, I'm not familiar with any of those movies. Well, you will be, because we're going to be covering some of them here. <laughs> that <laughs> first one again? I can't remember what the first one was. Anti-Mame. No, Anti- no, no, no it was uh, the Pacific something? Oh, oh uh, South Pacific. South Pacific. That's got to be like a World War II movie. it got to be right. Uh, wait, wait, don't think? When it, when it came Surely. To someone's got to be on a boat, and they got to fly a plane off the boat. I don't know, but don't call me Shirley. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just got fascinated with that name. It's like, well, it's obviously... You say Pacific in a name, you're going to war. (laughs) So uh, this was directed by Kirk uh, Newman, uh, who also directed Godzilla, the Euro Trash version. Uh, and the best version. <laughs> a slew of Tarzan movies in the 40s. Like, there was at least five or six Tarzan movies that he directed that came out in the 40s. Um, writing credits goes to James Cavell, uh, who wrote the screenplay. Uh, he also wrote uh, two other movies, which I'm not familiar with. Um, I didn't really see any movies that stuck out that might have been popular I knew, so I just two random ones. Um, he also helped write The Great Escape and Shogun. Uh then the story was based on uh, a book that George uh, Liglin wrote, and I probably butchered that name. Uh, I got a little, you know, a couple fun tips that happened during the shooting. So uh, the shoot only lasted 18 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a very quick film uh, as far as, like, you know, uh, shooting goes, and probably most of it was uh, majority of the production of this film was post-production. Mm. Um, and... The photogenic, uh, sorry, the uh, photographic effects were handled by Ellen B. Abbott uh, with makeup by Ben Nye. Not Is that be Ben confused. Nye the science guy? <laughs> Not to be confused with Bill Nye. <laughs> My cousin, Gary Nye. <laughs> the food truck guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, so this was photographed in uh, 20th century, 20th century Fox's trademark cinema scope with colored by Deluxe. Uh, this is a $28,000 laboratory set uh, that was constructed from uh, Army, Army surplus equipment. So, <laughs> so uh, they went to Army surplus and went, what's your most expensive thing? We'll take it. All right. <laughs> um, now for my favorite part. The awards. Uh, there's only one, uh, and they didn't win anything. Uh, they were only nominated. Uh, they were nominated. Oh, th- this is the Hugo Awards, 1959, uh, where they were only nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation. And now we have the synopsis. Synopsis. Give it to me, Terrence. I want to know it. A scientist who is working on a teleportation device suffers a horrible accident that transports his head and arm to that of a fly, and the fly's head and arm to his body. Hmm. You know, just, I guess, yeah, I guess when you watch the film, it really is only his head and arm, but they yeah. never talk about anything else in his body. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, is his neck okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because if you remember, the fly had a white head and a white arm, and then yep. if you remember the transformation on the actual guy, it was a... Yep. Yeah. His left arm, or yeah, it was his right left, his left, left arm. Yeah, left arm, which he had shoved in his jacket the whole yeah. time, and then he got the cloak over his head <laughs> with this fly mouth. You know, I wonder how they did that little. Uh, uh, I think we'll get to it later, possibly in the trivia factors like that. But how they did the camera effects for the girl's face when she reacts to seeing fly. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? We'll have to get to that later. I'm sure there's something about it. But anyways, moving on to the cast. I believe that's the next session we go through, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Welcome All right. to the club. <laughs> I am so good and so professional. I know what I'm doing before they do. <laughs> Church time for everything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Typically, that's not that's not unusual. I'm asleep by this time. Let's go. Yeah, you're asleep all the time. <laughs> all right. So, beginning task, we have David Hinson as Andre Delambre. Delambro. D E A L A M B R E. So, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce that right. Dave, Andre Delambre or something like that. <laughs> but, anyways, that's played by David Henson, who also happened to be a star of movies such as Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and the James Bond film License to Kill. So, great cast there. Uh, Patricia Owens as Helene. Um, she happened to also star in movies like Trouble in Paradise and the Little. And the. the uh, oh, not. <laughs> sorry, wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> Patricia <laughs> Owens happened to star as in The Law in Jake Wade and the movie Hell to Eternity. I never heard of those movies, but. Completely good. <laughs> then we have my personal favorite, Vincent Bryce, playing Francisco, Franci- Francis Delambre. And he starred in movies like The House of Wax and The House of uh, Horrors and all other kind of like. House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. Man. A horror movie icon who I love dearly. Great actor. Love him to death. He's great. What was your guys' first uh, Vincent Price movie? I believe mine was uh, The Pit and the Pendulum, maybe? Okay, that's a good one. I would say that House of Wax probably would probably be your Mine was first House one. of Haunted Hill. Hmm. Yeah, that too. That it's one of the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's everyone uh, to start. The Raven. <laughs> you, know, you know, we could go on and on. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's in like dozens of movies and just a fantastic actor. Yeah, that's that's I knew it was Michael Jackson's Thriller. Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> moving on, we have Herbert Marshall who plays Investigator Ch- Cheris. And uh, Herbert Marshall also happened to start in movies like Trouble in Paradise, which I originally said Perdition did, but I know it's Trouble in Paradise. That's what Herbert Marshall was in. Had starting Trouble in Paradise and and also the movie The Little Foxes. Yeah. Then moving on again, we have Kathleen Freeman, who might have my favorite role in the film as the uh, the nurse, basically named Emma, or not not, not nurse, the the maid, right? <laughs> who is absolutely perplexed that anything could be unusual in the world ever. Love her to death. She's a great character. I, I would hate her in real life, but I love her in this movie. <laughs> right. And uh, Kathleen Freeman is a great actor, great character actor, who um, you see in a lot of films, but never remember it <laughs> in a fun way. But she happened to also be like movies like The Blues Brothers and the original Nettie Professor and a bunch of other stuff that just is great stuff. Everyone a fun time, look up Kathleen Freeman and realize she's been in everything you ever loved in your entire childhood. <laughs> but, never, but never knew who she was. But never knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyways, that, that, that kind of like rounds out the majority of the cast. Then we kind of go on to like some of the ancillary characters like Betty Lou Gerson who played the nurse Anderson who didn't have any speaking roles but just kind of like was around there in, in the plot and then we had like um, Charles Herbert who uh, was a bit of who played uh, Philippe who was the actually, sorry the, the fly man <laughs> so Charles Herbert also happened to fly uh, also happened to the 
star in movies like The Thirteen Ghosts and The Boy and the Pirates. Well, not Charles Herbert was the kid. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah, like, like, you lost me there for a second. I'm a professional who does movie stuffs, and uh, <laughs> but I don't know, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I don't know. He, he continued to act and then went into Thirteen Ghosts. Unless Thirteen so, Ghosts is a remake. The, the, no, new, the, new, the new Thirteen okay, Ghosts is a remake. Yeah, the, so, I want to say. Yeah, he, he would have been about what seventy by the time that came. Yeah, out. That happens yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, he would have been. Well, uh, actually, he uh, he was on, uh, just fun fact about Charles Herbert here. He was born in December of 1948 and lived till 2015, age of 66. So, so he could have been in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he could have been in the movie, but <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, he was in the original Thirteen Ghosts and Houseboat too, and uh, Twilight Zone episodes and Nighty Professor, like I said. So he had a really nice career for uh, you know a good lifespan there. So right. good guy. So are you done with the cast? I am done with the cast. Take right. it away. Let's go ahead and talk about this movie because this, um, since all of us, this is the first time we ever saw this movie because um, we've all seen the the, the newer remake. Yeah. Um, very interesting movie. Um, you start off with like the janitor guy closing up. Or opening the shop, you know, and you see this lady uh, at this press, you know, and she just sees him and starts running away. And he's like, ma'am, ma'am, and he goes over there and he discovers this grimy, bloody press that's smashed a human to smithereens, pretty much. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, what is going on? So he calls the he calls the cops, and then you enter Vincent Price, you know. Um, but one thing about this movie, if you notice, that all the lead actors have like a foreign name like Philippe or Francois or Andre you know I don't know if it was set in France French inspired at least a lot of the names were because even like down to like one of his workers where the uh, like one of the first lines in the movies is is, his cat is coming by he's like oh come here right yeah (laughs) so so I I think it was set somewhere over there it kind of sounds like it Um, implied everyone speaking English but in France (laughs) which would explain some of the more peculiar aspects of the film particularly like how the law handles Handle the situation of finding well, body and uh, well, like, you know, and, and then the guy calls the uh, he calls Vincent Price. I can't remember his, uh, his the, the factory uh, worker calls it to right. Price and informs him of finding the and body. He, and, and he's like, he calls him. He's like, give me Inspector Charisse or whatever. Yeah. And so the guys have a dinner, right? And he's yeah. like, Sir, the phone for you. And he's like, Inspector, this is there's been an accident. Blah blah blah. I need and you. He's playing and, a chess game at a right. club. And he's yeah. like, okay. He's like, in the middle of well, the night, as you do. Yeah. He's like, well, we'll have to put this on hold. I've got to go. <laughs> so, right away, um, you come to find out that she know she admits she killed him, yeah. and then she just goes home. Yeah. And and so they're they're coming over. The inspector comes over. The doctor's there, and and you're thinking. This lady just she just killed this guy, yeah. And you don't know what's going on, but she, she's like, he's like, well, you know, they're they go. Does Vincent Price, the inspector, go back to the the crime scene first? And uh, they're like, the so, press yeah, is yeah, at they, the press is at two two put two. Uh, yes. What so do you call he, it? Two wrote, uh, Vincent Price's character explains how the machine works, and he actually had to operate the machine because no one there knew how, of course, because it's his factory. So um, he's like, you know, I know this is your brother and this is a terrible situation but are you okay to operate and he's like I can do it so he operates the machine and then he explains he's like wait a minute this thing's been set for two for, for, for zero for zero, zero. Level. so like they, why, so we would never have it flat. set there because there, there'd be nothing left with you know yeah you would just with. create a flat plane that's exactly. all you would right. and yeah. so um, and then he explains it was used twice um yes. Uh, yeah, to which it then further goes on to afterwards where uh, not really an interrogation. It's more like they just sit her down and talk to her. Right, and, and it's really <laughs> A lot more investigatory. Yeah, but it's very weird how the, the police, the inspector, and and then uh, the, the the murdered husband's brother have a very uh, very unemotional reaction to it. Of just like They are shocked, but they're not angry. They're just trying to get a grasp of the situation and trying to ask questions. Are but they're not be- trying to like yeah. accuse her or get mad at her for murdering the man who well, she openly admits to. I think right, the biggest know. thing, and the, they, they definitely hammer it home because they mentioned it over and over, is no one could believe that she did it. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows her to, on like a very personal level. And they're like, her? She would never do that. They were they were in love. Well, like, it's like, the, even the doctor couple. says, look, I brought her into this world. Yeah. You know, he's like, I've known her <laughs> literally her entire life. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, he's like, she would never do anything like that. So she starts breaking down a little bit, you know, like, I, I did it. And he's like, well, well we know you couldn't have done How'd you do this? She's like, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. So she's not being totally honest with him. About everything about the situation. Yeah. But you're like, hmm, well, something must have been going on. So 
basically, um, to move the story on a little bit, she basically confides in Vincent Price. She's like, she's like, look, he's like, will you tell me? He's like, uh, because well, the, well, we got to talk about the fly first. There's, there's a the little boy comes in with this fly. He's like, mom, I caught a fly. You know, and, and he's like, it's, it's really cool. He's got like a match, but he's like, it's got a white head and a, and a white a arm. weird, oh, weird that, white leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that pops up. Uh, like a bunch later, but I, I think one interesting thing to note uh, that happens in the, this particular part of the movie is uh, she fumbles some of her own information, which I thought would come into a bigger play later, but it actually just, that's how it was. She just forgot. But um, she mentions that she hit the press once, and then that was it. And then um, he's like, but the machine was used twice. And she's like, she pauses for a moment. And she's like, oh, oh yeah, I that's right. I did use it twice. But see, I didn't know if it was one of those automatic machines where you just hit the button once and it goes up, comes down, and then goes up and comes down again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me, and, me and Kyle's but, worked in manufacturing where stuff like that happens where you can hit one button and it just goes up and down, up and down twice. Because, well, this show was like, because it had the, the two, because it had the two. She clearly does press it twice. Right, right. Well, I mean, up, we saw sees, that eventually. Yeah, yeah. But in the the initial explanation is a little bit confusing and perplexing because you don't know you don't understand how the machine operates in the film and we're, that too. Me and Jimbo are specifically a little bit more of a mechanical nuts of like we got to figure out how this works before we even finish the movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we're like, wait a minute, lady, Something's you aren't using the F. So she she pressed the bat button. You know, do the you red even button. have an operator's license, ma'am? <laughs> Let me call your rep. Right. <laughs> so so your the, IOS sheet. Yeah, exactly. The biggest thing that that I I thought was um, interesting and turned out to be a letdown later is I thought that was come into play later like maybe there was something else or somebody else was involved but it turns out well, no she really did actually just I thought that twice. was going to clear right there I thought so too because I thought that would sort of raise some red flags on the detective being like she doesn't have her story straight and it kind of sounds like she's just reciting information or as far trying as to out. cover up her own husband's suicide or some degree or something yeah, like that exactly. or just like, you know it's clearly leaving details out to her own admission that she's you know she won't disclose this information so they kind of they hold back on like arresting her initially and all those kind of things until they sort out what happened because it's so unbelievable to these people that she actually murdered him and they have enough kind of high connections that they can kind of hold off on actually trying to um, take action against her basically. Exactly. Right, but but then you see, you know, you, then you see where she's like um, also withholding information. No, where where no, she's like uh, well, she overreacts to the fly. The fly, the like, oh, yeah. like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the the lady's like, there's a fly in here, and she goes like, no, 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 kill fly, gotta see the fly. Ah. Oh she yeah, and over, she's finally she getting better. There, she goes over there and runs, and then yeah, for yeah. So the she's like, you need to get in bed. You know, they put her in bed, and the doctor, and then the, the nurse is up there with her, and uh, she's like, oh, these pesky, you know, brings her breakfast in bed, and she said, hey, is the inspector coming back again? You know, he, I don't know. Yeah, and you just need rest or whatever, and then that fly is in there, you know, and, and she's she's looking at it, and then that that. Ladies, you know, goes to swat it or whatever. It gets the curtain. Yeah. She throws her like breakfast tray everywhere, and, uh, and she's this whole hysteric moment of just complete. You're, you're like, what losing. is going on? You know, something's went on, but you don't know what has went on. Yeah. So by this time, you know, Vincent Price is getting really worried because you come to find out that Vincent Price actually loved her. Um, yeah. So you have this whole other backstory going on too. So that 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 I thought it would play in more than what it did. But it didn't end up doing it. So I just forget there was a time where like not being married at a certain age was just like really alarming because that that was what they they were like. So he like you're however old he was and, and you're not married. Like why is that? And yeah. he's like um, he's like oh I just really love my job. And then that's when the detective was like you love her don't you? And then, <laughs> he's like yeah yeah and like uh, which I think is interesting throughout the whole film. It shows that you know he's a competent detective. Um, so it's interesting that some of the other details didn't sort of like raise some red flags. More. But 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 I, what I also thought was interesting is when the the, uh, the detective comes over or the whatever he is well I'll call him a detective um, and he's like show me the laboratory so they go downstairs and they see the laboratory and it's been souped up you know like high tech stuff and, and Vincent Price is like I can't believe it you know look yeah. at all this stuff he's like you know um, and that's when he asked he's like did he ever work uh, with any animals and you're like which We'll talk about animals here in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> um, but you're like, uh, he's like, no, he would, he, you know, he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't even hurt a fly. And I thought that was a really catchy yeah. phrase. Really, you know I mean? Yeah. On the nose of just right. Really <laughs> so, on the nose. So Why we'll, he wouldn't hurt a fly. Basically, Thank you, from, psycho. <laughs> from here on out, uh, like you know, Vincent Price goes to see her. He says, "Look, he's like, hey, I caught that fly, the the one that has the white head and white arm." He's like, "I got it." He's like, "I actually got it down in my office." She's like, "You got it, really?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "But I'm not going to show you and, until you." 
tell me what happened. Mm. He's like, because you're not being honest with us. Yeah. So yeah. this is where we go into, she's like, okay. She's like, and, and it goes into story. like a, like a do, 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 you know, a yeah. back in time. Yeah. So but it really is kind of interesting because like, it is kind of like a, it's a great way of kind of, uh, Dissipating the horror of a little bit of not having like an active, you know, like the situation of the fly man, which hasn't really been fully disclosed yet in the story, is still something that's like it's not going to be something that actively horrifies you because it's since being told in a flashback, you know, things work out to be, you know, like she's alive and you're just trying to get to the bottom of why this man has been crushed exactly. in a press. He's trying to solve the mystery. So that also kind of like, you know, it keeps it into it keeps it as a detective kind of whodunit film and less of a horror film of a monster, which it is kind of a little bit of both, but it's still. Because I know you were you were a little squeamish at first. You was like, I don't know if I can do this movie. You know, <laughs> when well, I actually, that, that was one of the biggest things when when you guys had mentioned like, hey, we're gonna do the fly. So I started watching it, and I had the other movie in mind, which is like very body horror. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and then so I was, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So I was like, man, I, I wonder like how, what, what's the original like, and uh, I like this a lot better. Little little spoiler there, but um. No, no, like, uh, I do like that they were able to tell this story, and, uh, you know, obviously the fact of having a fly for a head is, you know, a bit of body horror in itself, Disturbing like, in its own way, Disturbing yeah. in its own way, but I, I, what I do think... What do you mean? We haven't got there yet. <laughs> the story that's told, uh, it's, it, it does it in a very, like, interesting, yeah. interactive... Like you were saying, it's it's very more like whodunit, how yeah. did, was it done, yeah, and, exactly, and why exactly. did it happen kind of way. And it's specifically in, in this moment where we start telling the story in a flashback that we know that we're eventually going to get to a point where she's alive, the kid's alive, and, like, you know, things didn't, like, we're not we're not on the edge of our seat thinking things are going to spout out of control and everyone's going to die horribly, and it's actually a horror movie in disguise. No, it's still <laughs> a detective movie with a kind of, like, a horror monster premise on the back of it. Like, a hor- the horror movie already happened in this movie, and now we're telling it through a right. flashback so you know where it ends up. So you can tell Andre's already a scientist. We've already established that. And he's really dedicated to his work. So he gets really excited one day, and he he, she, he takes her down to the laboratory. He's like, you got to watch this. And she's like, what? And he's like, um, see this plate? You know, she's like, yeah, we got it for our anniversary from whoever, you know. And you flip, it over, fair, uh, you flip it over, and it says made in Japan or whatever. Yeah. And so they <laughs> the stick it inside the, I guess, the glass case, if you will, shut the door. He's like, put these on. You know, they always put those little x-ray goggles on. Just I, I like the design of them. I do, too. There's some Gucci Slade, you know? <laughs> So he does, he does, pushes the buttons, you know, and does, you know, it always yeah. makes that same scene, you know, the <laughs> same light type. And... It goes over, and he's like, slide that wall back. So they slide the, the wall, and which I don't understand because the rest of the movie, they don't have to move that wall back and forth. Yeah, it's just that first time. Just that first time. So they go over there, and he, she's like, you did it. You actually transferred it over. And, you know, he gets out, he's like, yeah, just like this. She's like, yeah, she's like, you did it. And he flips it over, and the words are backwards. Mirrored, basically. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. And I thought, and he's like, and that, that just drove him crazy, man. He was just like... He just went yeah. straight back yeah. into his work, and she's just like, "Well, I, I guess gotta figure this out. Yeah. Gotta make it work right." Yeah, and he's, she, I don't even think he talks to her. He just starts down. Yeah, he, he, no, just starts, he, just, yeah, he starts drawing, starts and then he goes. She goes back upstairs, yeah. and then I think like three days pass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, and she comes back down there. And, you know, he's getting all into it again. You know, and he and, he, and he's like erasing stuff on the blackboard, putting stuff down, and then <laughs> this is poor thing. But yep. what was the cat's name? Oh, the cat. Oh, that wasn't that wasn't the. Uh, uh, from the other movie, I believe we did. <laughs> I can't remember the cast I'm name. I'm gonna say, uh, man, uh, I can't remember the cast name either. Sharice Sh- Sh- or yeah, yeah, it had, it had like a like a person name. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like a, a pet name. It was uh, like I a, can't think. Like I can't believe I didn't Charisse, write that down. Sharice, um, the most important character of the film that we right. didn't write down. Man, good thing was who casted the cat. <laughs> so anyway, the main character. So you know, he he um, he takes it and he. Puts it in the machine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, but, but first he does the newspaper, right? Yeah. He does the newspaper. The newspaper turns over, and he's like, it's all here. Yeah. It's, it's all here. And the cat walks by. He's feeding it milk, and he's like, huh, let's, I can let's do see. This, right? <laughs> so he puts the cat in there, shuts the door, and he does his thing. And he goes, runs over to the other side, nothing's there. And then you hear the meow, meow. It's like just particles yeah. in space. <laughs> and I'm like... How are you going to explain this one? You know what I mean? And you're actually, he just never says it. Right. And she's like, the wife's like, hmm. You know, we don't know where he is. He's ran off or whatever. Nobody can find the cat. <laughs> he never says anything, right? <laughs> so he... Um, Grant, I wouldn't know none of that either if I actually killed a cat. <laughs> right. Must have ran off. I don't right. know. So, so Peter probably right. wasn't happy about that one. So so he starts thinking along, and then he ends up getting this guinea pig. 
And he tells the wife, he says, uh, but first they go out to a bar, uh, the ballet, don't they? They yeah. go out to the ballet. Um, they return the night with, uh, I believe, I believe it's uh, champagne. Yeah, and because ice. he gets super excited because he's stumbled upon it or almost stumbled upon it. Because he's, he's even though they break go through. out, he's still. Remember, he's like taking notes at the balcony. At the she's ballet, like, and she just looks at him. She's like, like nope. she's super excited. She's like, didn't you see that, honey? Oh. You need to be in the moment, and he's just honey. Like, you're he's just a distracted like, scientist, that cliche. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Put it if in you the watch, if you watch, he, he leans back, puts his arm around, and the people behind him are like, eh, you know, yeah, I can't see that. Weirdo. Yeah. This guy. So they get back home, and he, he takes her down there, and he puts the champagne in the uh, thing, and then um, they, they move it over, and it's still cold. They have it. She's like, you did it. You know, we're going to be famous with all the newspapers and all that. Mm-hmm. And then he does a demonstration with, I believe, was it a hamster? It's uh, a guinea pig. Yeah, it was guinea, guinea pig. pig but, yeah. but, 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 tomatoes, motto. <laughs> she's like, oh, you're not going to do that, are you? And he's like, well, he's like, I think I've got to figure it out. Or no, he doesn't even tell her yet. He's like, yeah, he's like, he I puts it over there. He's me, like, trust, trust me, I got it. It says it over there and it comes off. And she's like, it came out fine. He's like, yeah, he's like, but we, he's like, it went a lot better than my first time with it. Yeah. like, what are you talking about? He's like, the cat. She's like, what? What? She's like, where is he? She's like, he's like, oh, just cat atoms floating around or whatever. I think that's exactly what he says. And so, um, uh, you know, cat happens. Happens to the boss. Happens to the boss. He's like, okay. She's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is my thing. He's like, well, he's not out of the the, the clearing yet. He's got to survive for like thirty days. To yeah. See any side effects or he's anything? Like, and I'll have you be in charge of. Uh, looking after him, and then she's like, "Oh, okay." And then, you know, that, now they're back to being happy, and everything's all hunky dory. Right. Okay, guys, a brief interruption for breaking news. The I just looked it up in the Fly in 1958 movie. The cat's name is Dandelo. 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 Yeah. Dandelo. Again, yeah. another Frenchy name. Uh, yes. Very, so, everything's French in the Fly, <laughs> and we love our French listeners. Um, we love our French cats. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I like French fries. French <laughs> I mean, uh, you guys are doing all right. We, yeah. we approve you. So, I know you need our approval. <laughs> so now he's really excited, and you know the next day they're gonna have the. Um, remember after the thirty days or something, he's sitting outside, and I he's like leaning back, and she's like feeding the, the the thing, and she goes outside and says something. She's like, "Well, tomorrow's the big day. We're gonna have everybody come, and you're gonna be famous." And and he's just sitting there thinking, "I don't really know what he's thinking." He's just miserable because he he's solved just, it already. So he needs he needs the next conquest immediately because in his mind he's already solved this and got it done. He needs to figure out something else now or right. make which, sure that he's totally right. You know, which so I don't think it ever really explains what happens next because uh, the next morning she gets up. She's like, ah, you know what I mean, and she mm-hmm. goes downstairs to see him, and the door is locked. Yeah. And to the laboratory, and there's a paper the slid underneath. And I believe it's b- before. Um, well, it's, not, nothing gets sparked until the maid is like, "Oh, I haven't seen him all day. Yeah, or yeah all he, morning. He left. The, he had that. The and maid. He hasn't eaten his breakfast. Yeah. I even added his favorite, you know, pastry or whatever. <laughs> um, and then that, so that kind of rose some red flags for her. So then that's when she went downstairs. She was knocking on the door. He wasn't answering. So then, uh, then she saw the note on the floor. To which well, it's it yeah. slides. Yeah, 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 it gets slid just, under the floor. Like he, he's been waiting by the door for the entire. <laughs> Time. She's like, okay, when she finally comes, she's gonna knock eventually. I know it, surely. <laughs> it takes all night for her to come down. <laughs> and he says, under. Yeah, exactly. he says, Look, I can't really explain right now. He's like, I've had an accident. He's like, but I need you to give me some milk, at least with rum. <laughs> and uh, he's like, don't ask any questions. He's like, I need you to go get it. He's like, and when you come, I want you. Or he's like, knock, knock once if you want, if you understand or whatever. Yeah, knock once if you understand, and you must obey all my all my rules. You can't look at me. I've yeah. had an accident. I'm okay for now. She's yeah. like, just don't. You can't look at me. <laughs> yeah. So she goes upstairs. She gets all the stuff. You know, the maid's like, what's going on? You know, she's spilling, spilling the stuff everywhere and. So she goes back down. He she she knocks on the door and she comes in and he's got she walks in and he's got this black I don't know cloth cow or over, towel. It yeah, looks like yeah. a t- like a wrestler or boxer after they fought. Yeah, it's over the top of their head, and um, he's got one hand in a pocket and you know he's, he's wearing a long he's, trench coat. Got yeah, a long pocket. Yeah. He's like yeah. pointing pointing over to the desk. So she sets it down and he goes. She he, and he types. You know, go to the other hands or no, go to the other room. So she goes out of the other room, and you see him lean down, and he lifts his hood over his his food, and you hear, you're like, what's going on? And uh, so then she's like, um, you know, whatever happened, I'll understand. 
Yeah. You know, mistakes were made, whatever. Are you hurt? You know, and he's like, no. He's going you know, to knock it twice to know. Yes or no. Know, yeah. yeah. And uh, was this the was this the time that she sees the hand? I, I think you, so. I, I don't know if she comes back a second time maybe the next day or something. I think, I think it was the second time. You're right. Yeah, he signs yeah. another note on the door, and, and I think that's where he says, don't look at me or whatever. She yeah, it's a, very, it's a lot shorter note. It was just like, yeah, don't don't look at me and stuff, something like mm. that. So she comes in and and basically uh, she brings him another breakfast or something. Remember when he goes to eat the steak? Ah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's just trying yeah. to tear it apart. And he actually yeah. pulls his hand out. She sees it. And she's ah, and she faints. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he picks her. Does she faint when she sees the hand? No, it, it's faints when she sees the head. The head. Uh, yeah. It's the, the hand stuff. It, just yeah. screams and runs to the other side of the room in pure terror, and then he just jams back in his pocket. Yeah, and shuts the door on her. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Uh, Basically, you're still doing going through the same thing, and you don't know what's going on at this point. Except you know he's got a deformed hand that looks like yeah. a, a oven well, mitt on it, basically. But it's, yeah, and then it's shortly after they see the hand that he basically lays out like the only way I could possibly recover. And it, this we kind of skipped over how he got into this predicament, but he claims that he got into the teleporter to teleport himself as the final test of his machine, and inadvertently let a fly in as well, and then got crossed with a fly, and that's how his hand got mutated. Right, and so the he's only, like, that's why we need the fly with the white head yeah. and the thing. He's the like, only you got to have. The yeah, fly is the is the capture that fly alive, <laughs> right? Right. So they are going through. They're taping windows down. They're pulling the curtains, you know. And the boys like, I saw it, mommy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, they're looking at trash cans. They're looking everywhere. Well, they see it and they go to catch it. He's like, I, I got to have it like within by tomorrow or whatever. You yeah. know, I'm my mind's starting to go and all that. But I don't know if he tells her that before he she tells sees it his face after after. Uh, I don't know if it's after. No, it's not after he sees his face. Um, it's it's the, it's it's no no it's it's it's. Uh, so the night he, he tells her that after she sees the hand, he tells her you got to get the fly for me that next day. Yeah, you know, and it has to be done today. It has to be done, and then well, because she yeah she was saying like oh it'll take a little bit of time to find the fly, but we'll, we'll find it. Yeah. And he's like I don't have time. And they have that whole day where the 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 maid who is completely indignant and completely dismissive of why why should be why should I capture a fly the whole day and the son also fails to capture the fly. So this fail so the wife having failed goes downstairs to tell the husband that she can't do it. He then tells her that. It's too late for me. Then, if you can't find the fly, I then I need to be killed. I need to be set down because I'm I'm losing my mind and I can no longer think straight. And it's not. I'm, I just can't survive like this. If you can do this at all, yeah, you can and, tell by his writing is is slowly becoming yeah, less coherent. Yeah. yeah, and he has to actually take grab back. His hand he has to grab up. back his his fly hand because it is trying to overwhelm him. <laughs> the cross mind. That's the thing I didn't really understand. You <laughs> that, know, that is that is definitely a little bit of old movie kind of cliche right. stuff. Of just like so she's like, <laughs> no, I'll love you. I'll be like you. Whatever. Just just. Yeah, just go back. And, well, then he, then his wife insists that he go back in the machine, and if it goes backwards through it, then he'll be all right. And right. she knows it, and, and, and she's basically just pleading with him, like it's the last shot. And I think in the back of his mind, he knows it's not definitely gonna work. it's not going to work at all. But he goes through it anyways, just to kind of give her a little bit of that piece of closure. And he goes through the machine. He comes out, and then you know, and the wife is ecstatic as she thinks, like, oh, hopefully he's finally been cured and everything's fine. And then she goes on and takes off the cowl, and this is the legendary scene itself where she sees this massive fly head on top of the doctor. You know, it kind of reminds me of like a mascot for like a basketball team, like the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> yeah. But then you see the fly look at her and it's got like the eight yeah. eyes. You His know, yeah. POV of that whole like hexagonal eye-shaped thing of her screaming at her and him like a thousand times, like a thousand yeah. faces of her. It's very cool. And very well done shot. Excellent image. You know, that's definitely like one of the things where she's like, we need this whole movie just for this scene. <laughs> right. And so then she passes out and he picks her up and you know, he takes her over there and lays her down or whatever. Yeah. So and then he proceeds to kind of like um uh, he kind of like waits there a few moments for her to regain consciousness. You know, you see him like leaning in, almost trying to kiss her, and he's like, nah. And then his hand, he's like, nah. Then he's he like, nah, I probably shouldn't with the fly stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get that I want to. It seems like the right thing to do, but no. <laughs> right. And so then you know he basically he puts the hood back on, don't he? Yeah, he puts the cowl back on his head, and then he you know puts his hand back in his pocket, and then he proceeds to wait for her to regain consciousness. At which point he. Begins like doing the kind of the yes or no, basically like you have to kill me, and then begins writing on the chalkboard. I love you, but this has to happen. There's no other cure. Well, he says no. He says I need the fly. Remember, he's like I I need the fly. Mm -hmm. She's like, can't you reverse? He's like, he's like, I need the fly, and I need it soon. Yeah. So, so she's this is where she goes to full fly panic mode. You know, they can't find the fly. Um, 
And so they 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 see it, and it starts going towards the window, and there's a crack in the window. Remember, <laughs> she's oh, like, "I'm yeah, going to yeah. the outside to get it." And so she goes outside, and she's chasing, she misses, and it escapes, and so she's chasing it throughout the uh, the neighborhood. I don't want to say neighborhood, their yard. Yeah. And it basically flies away, and so she goes back down to telling the new that look, it's we gone. had it, but we lost it. We lost it. Yeah. And she's like, but we'll find it tomorrow. And he's like, no. She's like, he's like, you, you it's just too late for me. You just gotta gone. kill me. Yeah. You know, and it's clear that the um, the fly part of him is even fighting him on this to try and keep him alive because he, you know, fly is just doing basic fly stuff. Like I want to live. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. and then constantly throughout throughout the movie, there's always the question of like, how long do flies live? Like, how long do flies have? To like live? a month or so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the idea of how long does that human fly hybrid have to live where this fly man has, you know. Has to kill himself. That's funny. As as like grotesque as like you know the uh, a fly on a human body is like the opposite feels more terrifying. Well, they <laughs> like say just, they say how long does a fly? Well, they said thirty days. If yeah. you remember, yeah, uh, like, I think Vincent Price states that human head on a yeah. fly body is just yeah. more terrifying. Right. Than so, a human but hand. anyways, we're we're approaching the end of this flasp the flashback, flashback portion of the story yeah. where now he's got the point where like, you know, I need to go someplace where you can actually, you know, effectively kill me and make sure that there's no evidence of my body or something like that to make sure, you know, my work no, and all that. That has work Well, gone. he goes he goes and starts destroying all of his equipment he stuff. He doesn't want lab. anybody he, to He burns his paperwork in a in a trash can. He, he erases all, all of his notes cuz he doesn't the want anyone to make the same mistake yeah. he made of becoming a you know, becoming a fly man hybrid by accident, you know, which I think you could still avoid if you were you know, he's a scientist. <laughs> Not to be judging the film or anything. <laughs> but um, then he, yeah, he destroys the entire lab. He destroys all his, all his, you know, recording information about how he, how he got the teleporter working. And then he t- pleads with his wife to help him end his life. And they both go to the factory that um, his, his brother owns, the, the Vincent, uh, the Vincent Price character owns. Andre. Yeah. Andre, yes. Uh, and they proceed to. Or Francois. I think he's Andre. He's French. <laughs> and uh, no, no, Andre is the brother. French. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, right. Andre's the brother. And um, anyway, they proceed to go to that factory, and the doctor, the scientist, proceeds to show his wife, like, okay, this is how you operate the machine. I know the basis of it, and here you have the press and lay down. And then he goes down and lays himself on the press before about to get smashed. And it's just his head and his one arm, ain't it? Yes, yeah, and the one arm big sticks in there. But the moment he hits the, fir- the moment that she hits the button the first time to lower the press on him, she actually has like last second thoughts and tries to save him. And then the fly actually, the fly hand actually grabs her and tries to kill her too, or to try and save drag his own life in. and drag her in by accident. And so he, you know, they frantically fight each other off, and actually ends up getting the fly's head, the fly man's head stuck inside the press and kills him. But then re lower, re re. re um, uh, lifts, lifts, and uh, she goes over there and puts the arm up. The, yeah, the and then she arm. realizes like, okay, I've already gone through this. His head's his head's done. So then he picks up. She picks up her his arm and then puts it on the back of the press and hits the button again for the second time and proceeds to destroy the um the arm and the head, thus destroying the evidence that he was a fly man. You know, because back in the day they don't have the first thing they was like, huh, sure seems like a, a giant fly head got crushed <laughs> in this press. And not well, yeah, head. but if it got smashed in the smithereens, there would be no DNA and all that. You know, well, there's still be like like why is there a huge amount of chip <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. Man, for, for a man with red blood vessels, he sure had a giant head full of white blood. Yeah, so now, now the flashback's over, and and Vincent Price is like, okay, she's like, well, you will, you know, because she called the authorities over there, too, because she said, I'm yes. only going to tell this once. Exactly. At a certain point in the flashback, they got the inspector in there, right. too, to get the whole story, and it's clear that they are just kind of, like, dumbfounded by this information, because, like, it does... You know, it does sound somewhat plausible, but still it is the most unbelievable story in the world that right. a man turned himself into a fly yeah. and committed suicide. They're pretty much like, no one's going to believe it. Not a story yeah. you hear every day. <laughs> so, so, um, the, the that, inspector's like, look, to... he's like, he's like, she's going to have to be admitted. He's like, there's no other way. She, there's no other yeah. way. She's like, she, nobody's going to believe this story. And Vince Price is like, is there anything I can do? He's like, bring me the fly. Yeah. So now Vincent Price is torn. What's his name? Is it? Is it um, I'd look it up again and ruin me one quick moment. I want to say his name's uh, um, Francois, I think, or something like that. But anyway, yeah, so this is Francois. Francois. This is this is a this is the probably one of the funniest, saddest moments of the film. Yeah, he's he's you know he's out there looking in the trash cans and all that for this fly, and he goes and he sits on this park bench or the bench in their yard, and you hear, help me. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, what? In the world? Yeah, but he can't hear it, obviously. Well, if you yeah, because he's just looking perplexed at right. it. He doesn't seem to, like register and that he's you here look, to help me. And you yeah. look over and you see a fly with the white head and stuff, arm stuck in a spider web and a spider there. And he's just here, help me, help me. Well, you don't really uh, understand what's going on, but you see uh, the guy's face on the fly in the net, and you're like, Oh, oh my god, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so not only is he a fly, now he's going to get ate by a spider. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. Vincent Price sees the um, ambulance and stuff roll up. You know, the guys are putting in the gurney or whatever, just strap her down. And they take it back upstairs. And um, they, yeah. the kid says, is mommy going to the hospital? He's like, yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, he's like, uh, uh, you know, if only I could find that fly or whatever he says. He's like, oh, I saw that fly. And he's like, you did? Where at? He's like. Oh, it's called a spider web. Yeah. Like, what? I was like, no. Professor, come with me. He's like, the fly. He's like, uh, the inspector, come on. The inspector. Yeah. Inspector, yeah. yeah. And he's like, come with me. He's like, oh. he's like, it's a fly. So they go running out there, and this is where they see, and they look down, and that spider's coming down on the guy, and the guy's like, help me. And they're both looking at unbelievable. He's like, help me, help me. Well, the spider actually starts eating the guy, and he just takes up the spider, the takes up this big rock, up, and he just, just smashes, smashes them both. it. And you're like, and uh, he's, Vince Price is like, so you saw it too. He's like, he's like, I saw it too. And he's like, that will haunt me the rest of me. He's like, so you're as much as uh, Helene was a murderer. You're a murderer too. She murdered yeah. a fly man. You murdered a man fly. Technicality right there. And I was like, I was like, he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, uh, well, yeah. He's like, nobody's gonna believe us. It was just an accident. He's like, yeah. I set the press. You know, it's just a basically they're covering for each other. Immediately concoct yeah. a story of plausibility for exactly. not be the murderer. Exactly. They, they basically ruled it a suicide. Basically, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, you know, and then it's clear that, uh, you know, Francois and, uh, you know, and uh, Patricia then kind of like have her and her and his now and his 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 nephew basically they become a new nuclear family as it's uh, heavily implied yeah yeah francois kind of steps into the paternal role of the father figure and not necessarily a lover but definitely a supporter of the family right i don't think um, you have, i don't know if you can make that conclusion that they become an item yeah I definitely it's a father figure implied, but like it never says but like, I what does say she no, say she he's like, like well we're gonna go to the movies or something and she says something at the end i can't remember what it is well i'll see you gentlemen out or something like that yeah yeah. It's not, you know. I mean, it, to me, I didn't get the effect that they were. It's not necessarily. It's open ended. It's, it's, it's not. Yeah, a, it's very open ended. Yeah, it's not necessarily a romantic kind of simulation. It's like, oh, my brother died, so if you're available, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of messed <laughs> but up. But then again, maybe <laughs> once I, I we once, once we less... review the fly too, maybe some of that comes about because I know ah. the child um, in this movie becomes the fly. The, the fly in the second one, he actually transforms into the fly. Junior too. fly, if right? You know. <laughs> um, uh, junior. You know, I watched the trailer or something, so it said the son of the guy that. Yeah, because at the end of the movie, he's like, uh, "I want to explore and all I want to be just like, like my, my father. I want to yeah. be just like my father." But and then like you can see sort of the hesitation <laughs> from his mother. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, some facts for this. This is the uh, biggest box office of director Kurt Newman's career, but unfortunately, he never knew he died. A month after the premiere, uh, a month after the premiere, and only a week before it went into general release, mm. so he didn't get to see the. It's a sad deal there, right? Yeah. Uh, part of the laboratory set was Ermarac, the computer from Fox's production desk set from 1957. Hmm. Although many people swear they have seen this film in black and white, and I'm having a Mandela effect that Terrence forgets this in a couple more episodes. <laughs> uh, they never have. This is sometimes referred to as the Mandela effect which is simply a false memory. It is extremely common, though. The Fly was only ever filmed and shown in color. However, the sequels The Return of the Fly in 1959 and The Curse of the Fly in 1965 are in black and white. This is likely where the confusion comes from, or they may not have watched it on a black and white television, mm-hmm. uh, which were common throughout the 80s. I had a black and white TV, so everything was in black and white, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that may be where people get confused. That explains a lot. But yeah, you're right. You're like only film in color and like that's how you know, it's meant to be shown. Right. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rennie was offered the title role but declined it because his head would be covered through most of the picture. Um, uncredited producer Robert L. Lippert uh, was able to make additional money from the success of this film. His own company, Regal Films, produced Space Ma- Master X7 from 1958, which 20th Century Fox used as the co-feature for this film. So smart man. Charber, Charles Herbert, who plays Delambre's son Felipe, or Philip, was one of the uh, busier child actors of the late 50s and 60s. 
He also had prominent roles of opposite Cary Grant and Sophia Loren in Houseboat in 1958. Co-starred with Doris Day and David Niven in Please Don't Eat the Daisies in 1960. And interacted with Witches, Goblins, and Ghouls in William Castle's 13 Ghosts from 1960. So this guy, he got to star with the best of the best. He, he, he yeah. stuck around in the whole industry for quite a while. Remember, the majority of his life, he's just like from a kid to an adult. He was just always um, Andre, doing a film. Andre wears the same clothes in nearly every scene of this film with the exception of the night he goes to the ballet. Hmm. Betty Lou Gerson, who played the nurse, was also the voice of Cruella DeVille in Disney's 101 Dalmatians in 1961, as well as the narrator of Walt Disney's Cinderella in 1950. I sometimes get taken aback by how old some of those movies are. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because you're like, oh wow, I watched those movies as a kid. Oh, they're way older. Everything than me. feels relative. <laughs> hey, do you remember 20 years ago? Oh, you remember the, you mean the 80s? No, 2000. What? No, it's not okay. <laughs> this is this is an interesting. I'm not okay. This is an interesting point. In the first scene where the night watchman walks to the factory, he stops for a moment in front of a generator, and the camera zooms in on him slightly. The generator is marked with the letters O period C period two three zero one one five V four zero zero AMP. SP10R with a red handle covering the space between the O and the R in the phrase. The typeface of the lettering used in the red handle place where it is makes it look like the word spider is printed on the generation that powered the press. So ultimately, mm. you see the spider, ah, death. spider killing the yep. sp- Yeah, okay. Right. So, in, yeah. Right. yeah. It's like poetry, it rhymes. So the, <laughs> so the spider killed the man fly and the spider killed the, the fly, man. fly man. Right. I thought that was interesting. Uh, first Pretty produced cool. screenplay for writer James Clavell. Uh, the portrait hanging on Francois's office wall is Girls with Braids by Magdalene Lania in 1918. Sorry if I butchered that we name. Are excellent linguistics. We know, we, we, we know, we know how words are pronounced. <laughs> the way we say it is the canonical way for the world to know. Everyone else says it. They got it wrong. It, those of you that have listened to our show for a long time, you know we call it the Terrence Effect, where we don't pronounce <laughs> names the right way, and that's what part makes our podcast so special. Worldwide canon. We uh, have to make it one worldwide. of a kind. We Terrence did. That's what we call Speak it. the truth to the world. We, you know, you've had your Mandela Effect. We have the Terrence Effect. Uh, David Hedison suggested that his character wear progressive makeup effects that showed him in a mixed part human part fly state when his face is finally revealed instead of just a fully formed fly mask as depicted in the film. The producers declined due to the cost and time required to achieve the mixed human fly look as well as being too harsh or grotesque for audiences at that time. This concept was later embraced fully in 1986 for me, which did the lead signs of slowly mutated. Which, but I don't understand because when they did The Wolfman... They could have done something like a progression like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. That's true. I don't know. Well, either way, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, it would have been a very different film, but I also would have liked to see it either way. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy with the direction they went. I think that's a, a fine way of doing it. I, I right. think it's all of horror. Like, I, I never really took like body horror well. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you really changed the film a lot, You know, where it's just like, this is still more of a detective whodunit film and trying to uncover the story versus actual, like, horror monster yeah. kind of monster of the week kind of show and said so, like it just kind of it's an excellent blend of those things by still being uh, approachable for a non-horror friendly audience which I really appreciate uh, David Hedison and Vincent Price both have another connection to Jeff Goldblum Price oh. appeared in The Ten Commandments which I don't even remember him being in there uh, while Goldblum voiced Aaron in The Prince of Egypt uh, Hedison ah. appeared in, which I covered with uh, Natalie Knight from Wells who did our podcast our, art uh, cover Cool. Uh, Hedison appeared in The Lost World, uh, while Goldblum appeared in two dinosaur films of his own, Jurassic Park and The Lost World Jurassic Park. Those films also feature Richard Attenborough. Um, if you listen to our previous episode, Jurassic Park, you will understand this. Uh, whose daughter-in-law, Jane Seymour, which I didn't know that either, hmm. appeared with Hedison in Live and Let Die. So I thought that was really cool. The most famous scene of this movie is the help me, help me scene it was not repeated <laughs> in the reboot. What a shame! Uh, <laughs> I know, right? It is really one of the most that would iconic. Have been the other part of the body is. horror of seeing the man of seeing the fly that turns into a man. That's it, it, <laughs> it is, it is yeah. really one of the most iconic scenes of this movie, though. Yeah, definitely, I would agree. In uh, the scene where the fly with the Andre uh, Andre Delambre's head and arm is caught in the spider's web, a small animatronic figure with a moving head and arm was used in the spider web as a reference for actors Vincent Price and Herbert Marshall. Price later remembered that filming the scene required multiple takes because each time he and Marshall looked at the animatronic figure with his human head and an insect body, they would burst out laughing. <laughs> I feel like that's one of two reactions. Either you're absolutely horrified or you're just like, this is ridiculous. What are we doing? We make movies. We're doing this. Patricia Owens had a real fear of insects. Oh. Director Kurt Newman used this by not allowing her to see the makeup until the unmasking scene. 
So that's probably a genuine reaction. That's fantastic. I, I love, love it. Love um, it. Let's see here. Jane Clavell's first script was faithful to George Langland's sto- original story, but Foxy Davis demanded a happier ending. In the short story, Helene commits suicide after having told her brother-in-law the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the steep. Yeah, rough. That is actually <laughs> David. Right? That is actually David Hedison, not a stuntman inside the fly makeup. And I say makeup, but it was more of like a, I would a say mask. a mask. Yeah. When you like a. Yeah, as a full covering, I'm sure he kind of put it on, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't imagine them layering on, you know, prosthetics. All of that, yeah. You know, it's very much that sounds like a, a lot more expensive and you know, not impossible, but unlikely for that era. You know, so yeah, I would go more mask light. Um, <laughs> the short story when Helene convinces Andre to go back to the teleporter without the fly. Not only does it fail to return him to human form, it also infuses into his body some of the atoms from their pet cat that oh, never reintegrated. No. <laughs> At that point, he knows that it's pointless to keep looking for the fly. You know, South Park has man, bear, pig. The fly has fly cat man. <laughs> fly cat man. Um, and last yeah. but not least, the teleportation that causes Andre and the fly to switch atoms is never seen on screen. Hmm. So Terrence, give us your thoughts on this movie. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would uh, because, like I said earlier, uh, I I came into this thinking it was going to be like very body horror y, like the, the, Goldblum, the Jeff Goldblum the, 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 one. The version. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, but it, you know, it wasn't the whole Cronenberging. So uh, I enjoyed it because it, probably because it was it acted more like a detective story. I'm a very huge fan of uh, detective story stuff, and so it had a lot of those elements in it. Um, yeah, like kind of has been uh, explaining, and so uh, I'd say if if you're a fan of you know sort of detective like movies, uh, this is a pretty good movie. If you're a fan of horror, I still think it's uh, 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 something to watch, particularly if you have seen it, just to see how differently it was done and where you know obviously the the remake got a lot of ins- it, its inspiration from. Um, Clearly, yeah. So I'd say I'd say it's a good watch. Uh, there wasn't anything in particular that I I didn't like, um, except what I mentioned earlier. How like uh, you know she was, I, I thought there would be that would come into more play. But you know thinking about it, I think it's just her sort of being jumbled from the whole experience uh, that she didn't remember so that she had to hit the button twice. Um, but I guess it's never really mentioned again. Um, and then also uh, that also is kind of like shaky as far as continuity of like the detectives. Um, effectiveness because he's a very effective detective, but then there's little things like that are, that are missed. Um, but no, overall, I liked it. Cases, thumbs up. Yeah, I, I, I largely want to echo what Terrence said. Where originally it's just like you know having like as a you know as a, as a younger self, I originally watched the David Cronenberg film and like was like both delighted and disgusted by <laughs> the body horror of Jeff Goldblum slowly turning into a fly. And it's a great film in its own right, but it's still times it's still like. You have to be in the mood for that kind of body horror and disfigurement or something like that to be able to kind of like take that mentally um, from my perspective and my personal taste. But this movie definitely had a lot more of a subdued attitude where it's like let's have a let's not show everything at once because both you know it would cost a lot of money to show that and also like it does help build the suspense and attitude of like you know it is horrifying to see this monster but also it is still human under there and kind of relieves that tension that um, can be overwhelming in the 1986 film. So, so this film, I think, is really great and really shows just like how 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 different a film can be made from two different perspectives. Because if you look back at the Dream of Cronenberg, you have that extreme body horror that really kind of like permeates in your mind years after existence. You can tell I'm scarred by it. <laughs> and versus versus the 1956 film, where uh, a lot more is a, is a lot more of a detective whodunit kind of story in a way that is a. You know, uh, it's also kind of horrifying in its own particular way, but not nearly as a uh, uh, disgusting to watch or something like that, or, or as as viscerally visceral and shocking. So overall, I really appreciated that. Um, I recommend any films, all anybody. So I think it's a great watch if you have the time and have the way about doing it. So I approve it. Right, I I, I liked it. I like Vincent Price anyway. Um, I think he was an outstanding actor. The only thing I that I was really um, I don't want to say confused about, but the thing that I didn't understand is just because you're friends with an inspector, how does that stop a full-blown investigation? You know what I mean? It's like there was no other police present that you saw uh, maybe at the death scene. But, I mean, you would think it would be more of a 
a bigger deal. You than like, admitted yeah. to a murder. You're coming downtown with us yeah. instead of oh well. I thought she just needed rest. Yeah. I definitely yeah. didn't what? understand. The owner of a major factory who knew about <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 the scientist and all kind of stuff who creates major jobs, and then like his brother, you know, he gets murdered right. in the factory of a, of a guy who owns a factory. It's just like it, it's a it's a really high profile story that like you can't imagine the world would ignore and that city would ignore. I mean, like we got to get on this immediately and actually again like brute force it and get it done. But instead, it's very truncated and like let's actually like let's give her a few days to kind of like um, relax and figure out what's going on and hopefully come down from whatever kind of like hysteric she's in where she's saying she murdered her husband or something right. like that. Which is and, unheard of. Right. <laughs> it's like, I, I think it may possibly speak to a little bit of maybe the sexism of the time of believing like, oh, she's just being hysteric. She didn't, she couldn't have killed him. She must be just lost her mind and yeah, she needs to calm true. down. You know how women are. That kind right. of idea of that kind of 50s movie aesthetic. And so it, it's weird. Like there's no... There's no adequately good justification for why they didn't take immediate action of, like, arresting her if she is admitting to murder. But at the same time, though, it is not completely unbelievable that because of her social standing and connections and the fact that everyone was so um, taken aback by the idea that she could murder him that they held off on taking action immediately. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, it's definitely a good movie to watch if you've never seen it. I really enjoyed it. I think these guys enjoyed it. So... With that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's wrap. And Terrence or Kyle or both, take it away. And cut. Wow, we were way off. <laughs> Always insane. Always insane. <laughs>